Welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I talk with Meg Robichaud. Meg is illustration lead for Shopify, a customizable e-commerce platform. We talk about finding her way as a freelancer right after college and building that business, how a freelance contract and some gentle nudging led Meg to her role at Shopify, her travel adventures, what she learned from them, and more. All right after this. Jack Prince is one of our favorite companies to work with. They offer great products at even better prices with some of the best customer service I've ever seen. Why not pick Jack Prince next time you need t-shirts, business cards, stickers, or flyers printed? Right now, Jack Prince is offering four-day turnaround on their most popular apparel products. That's four days with no rush fees, no hassle, and no BS. With apparel from popular brands like American Apparel, Next Level, Jilden, All Style, and more starting as low as $3.99 each. Now is the time to take advantage of this great offer. Visit jack.inc slash four days to order your apparel today. Plus, Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 20% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code CREATESOUTH17 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. We've gone through and streamlined the Creative South podcast Patreon page, cleaning out the excess and making it easier for you to support us. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South podcast swag. Every dollar helps cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else, Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So please help support the podcast and become a patron over at patreon.com slash creative south. Thanks for joining me. Oh, happy to be here. It's it's taken us a while to connect. We keep uh, passing like ships in the wind. We've been, <laughs> God, it's been almost a year since I think I first reached out to you. <laughs> I get distracted. It's tricky. It's tricky to track people down. Yeah. yeah. So so let's 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 uh, let's start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? Um, I'm from a small town in eastern Canada called Hampton. Um, mm-hmm. It's like just above Maine. Um, okay. Yeah, it's like it's uh, like just got our first stoplight small. So what 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 province? New Brunswick province is that in New Brunswick? Okay. Yeah, yeah, but like proper east, no sort of Ontario garbage. That's not east. That's middle. <laughs> and and not practice France. <laughs> oh no, it is. Uh, we are the part of the French speaking. Uh, yeah, but but you're not you're not Quebec, which is no, no, a, a little a little snobby about. Uh, they're uh, French speaking sometimes. <laughs> Opinions. Yeah, or at least the the parts of Montreal that I've been to, they were very. Uh, <laughs> we will only speak French to you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. They I've been, then I try to speak my bad French, and and then they'll go English. She's gonna try a couple times. They don't want to hear you butcher it. Yeah, that's basically what I did because <laughs> I know, like you know, I can say my name is, and you know, and and even that I don't say right. <laughs> <laughs> I just name all my favorite foods. <laughs> so uh, the, let's see. And I want some Timbits. <laughs> yeah. A, I, I just know. I just know fromage, actually. Yeah. It get, I mean, it's I think if you bad. say omelet, it'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tacos. Tacos. Tacos translate. <laughs> so so when you were growing up, were you? Um, artsy kid were you play out in the woods kid what what type of kid were you um i was an artsy kid actually yeah um i i did the whole like i was also a play out in the woods kid but mm-hmm. um i did the like i don't know if the, you guys have these in the states like ap or ib classes mm-hmm. i did that all for art in high school um and i uh, i was all set to go to NASCAD, uh, which is the uh, Nova Scotia College of Art and Design in sure. it, um, Nova Scotia. Um, but <laughs> I went to uh, go check out their like success story. And they mm-hmm. were like, look how cool this is. This is amazing. It's this girl who makes the same bowl every day for Macy's. She's in Macy's and makes the same bowl. 
And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> okay. no. Oh, boy. Um, so I went into engineering. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many questions there. I was not expecting that. So... In the, instead of going to art school, you go to you go to school for engineering. Yes. Um, did you stick with it the whole time through? Or? I did not. So okay. Yeah, I got this terrible advice that I followed blindly. Uh, that uh, some I don't remember who told me. They were like, I I decided because obviously art school was no longer an option because I didn't want to do the same thing all the time. Sure. I'm like, okay, well, I'm okay at math and. I like to draw. I want to be an architect now. Mm -hmm. um, and someone was like, oh, no, you're in North America, though. We only make square buildings. And, and so if you want to be an architect in North America, you have to be a civil engineer. And I was like, oh, oh. okay. That's right. but <laughs> <laughs> It's not true. It's really bad advice. Considering one of my best friends is an architect <laughs> oh, and he is not I a civil engineer. <laughs> all kinds of architects now. <laughs> but at the time, I don't know, I was in high school. I must have really looked up to the, I don't know, I, I was just a stupid kid. So I was like, oh, okay, uh, engineering it is. Um, so three years of that. Um, I was also into Oh, so you got pretty far into yeah, it. Got into it a little bit. Um, but, but it, Turns out I'm not very good at math. <laughs> Neither am I. No, no, no. It's hard. Um, yeah, so three years in. I mean, admit a lot of it was that I wanted to get out of engineering, but a large portion of it was that I just wanted to move to Vancouver and like mm -hmm. kind of made up a reason for myself. I think I would have taken, so I ended up dropping out to go to um, uh, the Art Institute in Vancouver okay. to, for print design. And I, I wish I could say, like, it, it was, uh, it was, I finally had guidance in my life, I guess, or direction. <laughs> um, but I definitely wanted to go snowboard and I would have gone anywhere that would take me. Sure. Um, so, so what was it about Vancouver that, uh, aside from the wanting to snowboard? Mostly snowboard. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I just, yeah, it's no, uh, snowboarding is kind of my, my hobby. Sure. It, and, um, yeah, I've, uh, we always went out west when we were growing up, uh, for snowboarding mm -hmm. trips. Um, so it was always kind of the destination. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and I just got impatient. Gotcha. So, so you go out to the art institute. Um, you're, you're studying print design. Are you focusing on illustration stuff? Or are you focusing on just general design? What what did you or did you just kind of do all around? Um, yeah. So I, it was we the first part of it was like foundations of design, um, mm -hmm. and and then the rest was print design. So we had like magazine classes we mm -hmm. did have a couple of illustration classes but they weren't like we we had life drawing classes in the foundations part mm -hmm. um, but then once we were out of foundations it, it was never there was one class in how to use illustrator mm -hmm. and after that it's you can use illustration if that's your strength and you can do in the magazine class in the like packaging class mm -hmm. right like it's once you have the base then you kind of use it how you will. Um, sure. And I always kind of leaned on illustration. Um, okay. Not in intentionally. It's just the only thing I was good at using. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what do you end up doing when you get out of school? Where, where do you, uh, where do you wind up? So out of school. Oh my God. So I had, um, we had a resume building class in school. Okay. Um, and I don't know, my teacher what? was like, uh, it, and so we had to make these really unique resumes and, um, my teacher used mine as an example of like, this is what you should be doing guys. This is a fantastic resume. So good. And Better it, than the opposite that she could have done. Uh, no, it's not. 
No, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was like, it, my resume was so bad. It had an octopus on the top. It was like a sea scape. And the octopus had, had there was like a waterline and the sock at the top. He was like a disguised. It was so bad. And so obviously no one would hire me because I was handing out this terrible resume that I thought was amazing. The teacher told mm-hmm. me it was so good. Um, so, um, my, uh, friends had just started at, um, Girl Lab. It was like the, it was a, it was a while ago now. So it was the first, um, incubator that came to Vancouver called sure. Girl Lab. Um, and like at the time we would say we worked at an incubator and people think like we grow eggs. What's an incubator? Something. Yeah. They're like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know you were in science. Whoa. <laughs> no. Tech. Not that type of incubator. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I ended up going to going there um, and uh, kind of just going to the five companies and being like, hey, um, I don't know how to do any of this, but I'm super cheap and I know how to use Adobe. And uh, I end up working for like three of the five companies. How did how did how does that happen? How, I mean, are you basically freelancing and bouncing around? Or yeah, so I ended that's I like my first job. I came in like worked in the office, but my first job was freelancing for all of them. Um, wow. and it was just like picking up odds and ends, whatever. I ended up doing a lot of um, there was uh, iPhone apps. And I did terrible. I was really big fan of uh, that subtle textures website way mm-hmm. back when that like, could see the patterns. They were not very good. Um, <laughs> but so I would always illustrate the footers um, or like make icons. And mm-hmm. just because that was the only work I was any kind of proud of. The other stuff I was like, Ooh, I can do this, but I, kn- I know this is not good. Um, so I, I started off not doing much illustration. I would just like drop it, uh, make a footer for them anyway. Sure. Um, but that was the only work I posted and like, I think over the course of a year or two, um, I ended up becoming a full-time freelance illustrator because it's the only work you post. It's the only work you get. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look like a freelance illustrator a lot earlier than I actually was. Um, I was doing a lot of iPhone apps. Sure. So, you know, I, th- I think typical career-wise, people generally don't recommend that you jump right out there and start doing freelancing. Mm-hmm. Was that you know a, a choice of yours, or was that just the only thing that you were finding? There was that's just kind of how it all played out. It, I didn't go out of my way to only freelance. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I I wouldn't not recommend it. Um, sure. I think well, I mean, I don't, I, so so when I said that, I didn't mean it like in a negative way, but you know. A lot of people, and I know when I was coming up, you know, it was kind of recommended, you know, go work for a company, go work for an agency, find out how they do it, Mm -hmm. basically steal those ideas from them of how they implement things. And then, and then you go out on your own. Um, So that's why I was wondering of, you know, what were the challenges having not really worked in that environment of figuring out the business side of what you have to do? So the really, the cool thing, I think of um starting off freelancing first is that i it was never like this big scary plunge that i took like it was just it it's just a thing the thing i was doing is uh it's the only way i knew how to work that's what i was doing straight out of school so like all of i and i started just writing like I don't know. These are top, these are 10 things that I wish I knew. And they're like super obvious. Probably mm-hmm. anyone who actually has any experience, um, at an agency and freelancing probably had no interest in them. Um, but <laughs> like, because I wasn't, I was just like naively not scared of the freelancing world. Sure. Um, and I think that's probably where a lot of my early success came from is I'm able, I was able to share the small things that uh, with other new freelancers that like had ho- totally 
are so obvious that the actual good freelancers wouldn't even occur to them to uh, talk about. It's like some mm-hmm. obvious kind of thing. Um, and I just like, because there was no like financial plunge for me. Um, I still got to, I don't know. I was, I was being a, a grungy old student. So I went to a grungy old freelancer <laughs> Um, so I still got to be kind of picky about my work. Um, mm-hmm. it wasn't like this really scary thing where, what am I going to do if I don't make ends meet? And so, well, I wasn't doing that as a student anyway. So, um, yeah, I think that, that was probably the, the coolest part of my story. Gotcha. What was it about the writing stuff down and kind of sharing that, that appealed to you? Cause that's, uh, I mean, for me, writing is terrifying. Um, I mean, I started a podcast just so I wouldn't have to okay. write stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember when I first started writing. Um, it was really scary just because it, um, like, you can, my work is my work, and but my writing is me. So, like, mm-hmm. if you're going to hate my work, whatever, I'll just go, it wasn't for you anyway. Um, but my writing is me. Uh, so like it, you, to hate my writing is to hate me and my opinions and, and to call those stupid is to call me stupid. So it was really scary, but, um, I, uh, the, I guess the, that's how I work through things to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the scary, the hard part wasn't actually writing it because I, like if I have, uh, an inkling of an opinion, you know, something doesn't sit right, but I'm not quite sure what it is. My, the way that I work through it is to just write it down. Um, mm-hmm. mostly so that the next time I have that conversation, I like, I've done the research. I know like something wasn't right there. I'm ready. Yeah, I get that. Um, so the the hard part wasn't getting the writing out of my brain. The hard part was just hitting the publish. Um, sure. I can see that. But, but at, <laughs> at some point it was like, well, nobody knows who I am anyway. Like, I've, <laughs> I've got a Tumblr with seven followers. Maybe I'll just start. Um, and then, and then it was almost immediately like self fulfilling. Um, Mm-hmm. For every time that I was like more naked on the internet with writing, the more like welcomed I felt. And, and I, so in, I, um, I had never heard of Dribble. So when I got my Dribble invite, um, someone sent it to me and I was like, this is, what is this invite on the internet? Like, what? <laughs> I don't, I guess, thank you. Like, I'm probably not going to go to your stupid site. Um, and then I like went to forest and, and, uh, was a lot more, had no idea like what the warmth of the internet could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I kind of ended up chasing after that a little bit. Um, sure. And it started with writing. So I just kind of followed that. Gotcha. Do you feel that with writing that, does it still feel that same way where it's that kind of putting yourself out there naked for everybody to judge? Yeah, I do. Um, I think because the only interesting writing is the writing with opinions. Sure. Uh, And if you have a, to have an opinion is to have a position someone can disagree with. And especially Mm -hmm. if, um, if you're a lot of it is structured as like this is how you should do a thing and people are right to criticize you on it um but it, it stings it stings yeah. when you say like i am i am certain this is how you should do a thing and, and i'm gonna go let go tell the world that i discovered this thing i'm really happy to share it with you and then everybody tells you you're wrong like it's really hard especially because the internet's so mean to <laughs> yeah especially to <laughs> yeah. women it's it's pretty nasty, yeah. Mm. Um, 
But I think maybe because I, I felt so welcomed so early, like now when I get nasty comments, it, it just pales in comparison to a, how surprised I was by how welcoming the internet was, mm-hmm. um, that I can kind of always go back to that feeling. And, and then it's not as scary to, to release some writing. Sure. Are you one of those people that when you see the nasty comments, you end up taking it to heart for a while or, or are you able to brush it off pretty easily? Um, you know, I don't get that many nasty comments like, uh, nasty. I, I have a hard time with, um, the specifically the ones in the writing. Like Mm -hmm. if it's just, they're just like straight up mean, it's hard to uh, care. Um, but, uh, if they attack, like you, you do remember them. You do remember them. You try to brush them off, but I can still remember. I think I remember all of every nasty comment I've read. Maybe that means I haven't gotten enough. (laughs) I mean, I think one is enough. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, nobody wants to listen to an asshole all the time. That's, that's, that's not exactly uh, a great way to build morale for yourself. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. For the most part, people are just so nice. I would like to think I brush it off. But I got to go complain to someone about it for a little bit first, and then I brush it off. Sure. Yeah, because, I mean, if somebody's just going, fuck you, you're stupid, that that's... Yeah, delete your account. Yeah. Bella. Your face looks <laughs> you like delete- you just smelled cat pee. At that one once. <laughs> that is a very specific one. Isn't that specific? Maybe you had just smelled yeah, cat pee in like that that's picture. that's not even, like... That could have happened. That has nothing to do with my actual looks. That's an expression. (laughs) Yeah. You could, I mean, literally, you could have just smelled cat pee in. Somebody took a picture. Exactly. (laughs) Stranger things have happened. Exactly. (laughs) So you're you're freelancing for a while. You're, like you said, about three years, Mm -hmm. kind of on your own in that incubator setting. Mm -hmm. And, And... when do you kind of expand and what, what do you, what do you do next? Um, yeah, so I was, I guess, um, I guess I was freelancing in Vancouver for about three years. Um, mm-hmm. and then I, uh, I can, I was feeling really like, uh, static, I guess. I don't know. Sure. I was, re- I was really restless in Vancouver. Um, so I put all my stuff in storage and I started, I hate, I hate the term. I think it's really douchey, but it's, it's the one. The digital nomad term? Digital nomad. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Follow, you followed your wanderlust. I, Would that be better? <laughs> I lived very comfortably out of Airbnbs. It wasn't as hard as everybody makes it out to be. Um, yeah, I did, uh, I did that for about two years. Mm -hmm. Um, I like only recently moved back to Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was freelancing for most of that, uh, or for half of that. Um, and I was trying to figure out how I wanted to work on less projects, but higher impact. Um, I just didn't want to do the business stuff as much. Um, can't blame you. No. And, uh, and so I was a- approached by Shopify mm-hmm. and, um, they, they wanted to start an illustrating team. And I was like, hard pass. I'm a nomad and a freelancer and this is who I am and who I will <laughs> always be. No, thank you. But because then they offered thing, you a lot more money and it started to sound good. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. <laughs> oh, that's how it would have worked for me. So. <laughs> nope. um no they were um yeah so i was trying to figure out like what i how i can work with big companies and what do they do um Mm -hmm. and so we kind of came up with the plan to come in and just do a sprint with them Mm -hmm. and uh and it went it went super well like i came to ottawa and and met the other illustrators and saw what they were working on and we just dove right in um and came up with the just the start, like I was only there for a week. Um, sure. Maybe a little bit more. I can't remember now. It was probably there. Uh, but I wasn't there very long. And um, just kind of kicked off where 
where they should explore next and, and what they I thought they should definitely do and definitely not do. And then I carried on. Um, and then uh, Kyle sent me a note of some kind to be like, hey, I, uh, I bet I met you now. I bet you're the type of person who likes to finish what they start. I was like, ooh, that's that very true. I really do. <laughs> it was a very cool project that we were working on. Um, and, and then I went full-time Shopify. Uh, so that was my, my big plan to start freelancing for companies and, uh, worked. I tried once and I went full-time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And now I've been there for, um, almost two years. Okay. I was about to say, it's been a couple of years since you've been there mm -hmm. and specifically, what is your role there now? I illustration lead or design lead, uh, actually illustration lead, but um i leave the illustration team there okay so how does how does that work with because you're you're working at scale at that point mm -hmm. you know you, you you've gone from you know doing freelance stuff for i don't want to say small companies because that's not the right word but not mm -hmm. like this major Neatly multiple packaged. office yeah yeah you know all that and then you move into doing a sprint for them, you get a taste of kind of what they're operating like. Um, and, and and from what it sounds like, you didn't really come in as a freelancer. You came in more as a consultant. And I think there is a difference between the two. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how does, how does that vary of that building from, you know, freelance where you're working on maybe things that aren't so nicely bundled and tied together? to consulting on something to moving into a company that's designing at scale mm -hmm. and trying to expand and inquiring thing, acquiring things um, and, and constantly growing. How, how do you find your place in that machine? There, well, there was a lot of stages still figuring it out. Um, yeah. So like the first thing, like the, the illustration team, Kind of did, there, there were two other illustrators there, but they're they're kind of there wasn't like officially a illustration team and like practices sure. within it, and, and and so the first thing was just like trying to take everything that I did as a freelancer and turn it into the structure of our team, and like sometimes it would work, and you know just like how we all name our files and um, mm -hmm. we how we communicate with uh the devs and like when we go to check in that our files have actually been executed properly um and so a lot of that was like going to check in on what other people are doing um and a lot of that was like taking what i knew from freelancing and um trying to almost operating like uh because um illustration is kind of an island on its own anyway um, we basically set up a service team, which was a really good first step, I think. Like we mm -hmm. set up, um, you know, we had uh, requests coming in all over um, and we had no way to track them or anything. We just had like, sometimes people send you an email and they send, sometimes they send someone else a Slack message and it's gone and we don't know what anyone wants or anything. So Sometimes like, somebody randomly shows up at your desk and expects and you to you remember forget, things. They ask you over lunch. I don't know what it is. Um, so we did like basically built a service team for within UX. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and then I get, yeah, so we, we do that within UX. And then the kind of next goal I had for the illustration team was to, so I had no idea how big companies worked. I didn't understand sure. even what siloing at a company means. Um, I, I, what, I, okay, <laughs> explain that for me because I don't know what that means. I do, um, so Shopify is, is quite siloed in its different offices and, uh, marketing and product specifically mm -hmm. um so like the ux team was and and i don't think i can take credit for like i think this is something that i had the goal of kind of bringing marketing product together more but i think everybody was also working on that but um 
when I got there. They were operating quite separately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which it makes sense. Like you have to split the offices and you have to, you have to draw the little companies big enough. You have to start drawing lines somewhere. Like you can't just have everyone be in one giant box. Sure. Um, but kind of what the problems that happen there when you start drawing lines is like, so you log into, um, Shopify.com it's a marketing site uh, and you mm-hmm. go straight into the product into that little login button and, and what we're kind of seeing is um, the uh, each of them are, are building and designing so separately that each one would kind of not be delivering on the promise that the other one is making mm-hmm. um, and so we saw this in an illustration um, there was a, cause we didn't exist as a resource for the marketing team at the time. Um, mm-hmm. we're a brand new team. They have to start us somewhere. We started as product illustrators. Um, and a lot of people were kind of feeling that frustration. Um, so we kind of started a, a little a small team, um, that we called the new art direction project. Of, um, which later got named to Polaris, which is our new design system. Gotcha. Um, of, it was kind of like one representative from everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I represented illustration. We had someone from product, someone from .com, brand, uh, content. Um, and everyone just kind of came in with the like, how, how do we do this? Giant, we want to all be the same. How do we make everything feel like it's we're the same company? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I worked on. We kind of worked. I don't know if this was a great. I'm a, I'm a pretty new manager. Um, sure. So I don't know if this was the best way to operate, but at the time. Um, because this art direction project, we weren't sure if it was ever going to get off the ground. Um, it could, it, it really felt like everything was just going to get thrown out, thrown out. We were kind of saying like, we had no constraints of any kind. Um, explore everything, find us something new and amazing. So probably everything's going to get thrown out. Mm-hmm. Um, so because I really, I just don't know how to ask people who are, like working for me basically um, to go work on something that I'm planning to throw in the garbage. Um, so it ended up being a, a, the rest of the illustration team would work on like existing pro- uh, projects that are going to go out. Um, mm-hmm. And then I would go work on this uh, research exploration kind of thing. Um, and then I, I think in the few, if I were to do it again, I would have brought them in earlier and I'm sure they wouldn't have minded at all to be working on project that, that, uh, was going to get thrown out. Um, I just, I don't know, the manager. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so then kind of our tiny team after a year or so, maybe, maybe a little bit less, um, Mm -hmm. started to like get, uh, get something that we could all start to agree on. Um, we threw a lot of work out. Um, and then once we kind of found something like the very beginnings, if you look back at what, it, what we actually all agreed on and what we landed on, sure. uh, it's very different. Um, of something that everyone agrees we can generally move forward on. Then we took that whole thing and brought it back to the, uh, illustration team and then everybody else went nuts. Um, and I guess what I'm trying to say here is like, that was kind <laughs> of the process of expanding into marketing, um, through that project, uh, and creating the design design system. Mm-hmm. We went from, uh, being a resource that only, UX designers were uh, on product were allowed to use being mm-hmm. a resource that is like horizontal to all of Shopify. Sure. Um, which was cool. I don't know where I was going with that. 
<laughs> so, you know, with being a resource to all of Shopify of, you know, handling marketing and, and product and all of those things, how how do those different illustration lines vary of, you know, because one is, you know, I don't know the right word for it, but almost internally based and the other is externally based. Um, you know, how are you varying those things up yet still maintaining a cohesiveness? So this one was really hard. Basically, every time that we would find something that works for product, it wouldn't work for marketing. And then we'd go work for marketing for a long time and then it just wouldn't work for product. Um, and basically what we, we ended up working a lot with the content team to figure it out. Um, and, uh, we do have like some variations in, um, the rules around the characters. Like, um, you wouldn't even notice it's like how much their elbows can bend. Um, (laughs) seems like a very arbitrary one on that one. So, so what we landed on is, um, in, like every illustration tells a story um, sure. and in product because you, you want to be like um, Morgan Freeman saying that like, I I knew you could do this all along. You're really supportive and you're really, you're, you're just, you're in the background. I want to um, hear your Morgan Freeman impression. I, <laughs> that, that was it. It's not very good. <laughs> it's still better than mine. <laughs> Um, so, so, and and compared to marketing where you're Aladdin, like standing on the market magic carpet saying, I can show you the world. Like I see this beautiful thing and if you just come with me for a second, it, I see more for you than you, uh, than you can even imagine. Like, um, but what we landed on is, um, product is the, the, um, conclusion of the story it's the the moment at the end of the story where your uh where everything is calm and just put together and marketing is the climax of the story mm-hmm. and so where how that translates to illustration is um it is a lot in how the characters are posed so to use the elbow okay. example um yeah. with um marketing we can use like more we can take advantage of more literary tools like exaggeration like if someone's dancing and you make them dance you know with with seven curves in their arms because they're really into it because it, it's the climax of the story mm-hmm. whereas if someone is excited with product uh, excited is probably an exception but uh, if you want to make someone and you, you want to draw the calm moment at the end of the story um, there's no need to use those literary tools quite as much. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of so. Uh, we do have like a few color variations that are basically like brighter colors, higher contrast for marketing. Um, mm-hmm. But they're they're very limited. Uh, it's mostly about what point in the story you're telling. Okay. So so with within that, and you know. Uh, Building off of that, what 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 do you what what stories are consistent and what 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 are you pushing forward with with your stories aside from you know Shopify is great use us and all that stuff you know how 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 are you forming that narrative I guess is what I'm asking. So um, we uh, our empty states is a really good example of this. Um, I think. The one of the big stories that we want to tell, if if mm-hmm. say you were to look at like illustration as a whole, sure. is um, that entrepreneurship looks so different than what people think entrepreneurship looks like. Yes. Um, it's not like a you look at and you th- you say someone runs a store and you picture that mostly white store in the cool hipster neighborhood where they sell like one bag of coffee for $50 or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's, 
and and those are really fun to draw. Um, we I don't know we like to draw plants and everything because everybody likes to put plants in their house. Um, but if you look at entrep- what entrepreneurship actually looks like, like it it's someone in their basement uh, with a sewing machine surrounded in in things that they have to ship out, or it's um, you know, someone's in a stock room and they're in, a, um, or it, if someone's, uh, they're writing a lot, like it, it could, it's so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we do try to focus, uh, we tr- do try to focus on diversity of our merchants. Um, sure. but also the diversity of like what their day to day looks like. Um, and, okay. and it's not just that beautiful store. It's 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 so broad. Trying um, trying to capture all the variables of real life. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's so broad, and it, it's so it, it's an adventure uh, that we can't illustrate. We can't capture in one illustration, but I think sure as a whole, we can. We can try. Gotcha. So kind of shifting gears here, I want to keep talking about illustration, but I want to talk about some of your personal stuff that you do. Sure. Because um, you've been posting a lot of different series up, which um, are really cool, but they're, they're very much seem like they're exploring different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realize, you know, when you work on something all day, you don't want to work on that exact same style when you get home too. But like the, I'm, I'm I'm blanking on the example I was going to use, um, but uh, what was it? It was a few months back. You you kind of did this, you know, for lack of a better term, much more organic, loosely drawn, um, kind of exploration into femininity. Mm-hmm. I guess would be the best term, and then. You know, recently, it seems like you're kind of still playing on that theme, but you're using a different style to explore it. Um, Not vastly different, but a little tighter, a little not quite as loose, a little more controlled. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. I could be completely off base on that. That's just my observation. (laughs) Um, I, uh, I know that I, I know the series you're talking about. Um, and basically what that series is is um i i don't know i used to write a lot to kind of work mm-hmm. things out for myself and lately i've just been uh drawing instead um and and so it's kind of there there's no intention behind the style other than um i already have these this style of women there as a reference and like why mm-hmm. not build on it because this is just for me um, so they're not trying to be particularly consistent. Uh, it's a lot more about trying to articulate how I'm feeling today in the best way I can. Um, so that yeah, I have, I, I probably what's happening is, um, the more, uh, like tighter and, uh, natural pose they are. Uh, mm-hmm. probably means it's harder to draw. So I just use the ah. picture of myself. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so w- what what kind of, you know, obviously you're using that to express yourself, but what prompted that 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 series itself? Um, the first one was um, a woman crying in an airport. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's from a book uh, called The Dead Ladies Project. Um, and I really related to it. it. It's about this woman who packed up her suitcase um, and decided to uh, go live abroad. Um, and and the book. I have no of, idea why you would relate to that. No, I can't imagine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the book is called Dead Ladies Project because she's a writer, uh, and it's her in the beginning of her career and um 
her just trying to find her voice by following all these women who have now uh, these women who are writers you know 50 100 years ago or sure. the spouses of famous writers who were um never really recognized uh, and mm-hmm. and that's just kind of the backdrop to the actual story which is like her finding confidence in her writing and and herself as a woman and um it, it's just a really good book and one of the lines from it is um i do my best crying in airports and <laughs> i was sitting in an airport and i was like i'm really sad to be going i don't want to do this anymore uh, which is um uh probably around the time when i decided that i don't i'm ready to live somewhere again mm-hmm. um i've been I've been on, living out of a suitcase for two years and i was listening to that book and I was crying in the airport and I drew a girl and then I was ready to get an apartment. <laughs> so, so the, the, you know, does obviously each one has its specific story, but is there an overall theme to them or? Um, the only theme is this is exactly how I feel today. I post one today. Um, I, sometimes I just feel like, Everybody wants something from me, and I only have so much. Uh, sure. And so I've, I just I just posted what that feels like. Um, I don't know, and, and sometimes there I've got some that are just like food. Sometimes <laughs> I, like they're not all like the, I just picked some really sad emotional Random. ones, but um, a lot of them are <laughs> like I don't know. I feel like going to dive into a bowl of noodles today. Sure. Just um, random moments. Yeah, they're just. Uh, they're, I maybe I use them to procrastinate, or maybe I use them to make myself feel better. I'm not really sure. Um, well, if you're using them to procrastinate, it's a very productive procrastination. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's better than me, where I'm just you know vegging in front of the TV or trying to play video games with my kids to procrastinate. <laughs> video game sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Though, you know, when you play video games with eight-year-olds, it's um, a lot of you being told what to do oh, and how yeah. you're doing things wrong. So oh, no. It, it's not quite oh, as much fun. we wouldn't fun. get along at all. It was a lot more fun when they were about four, <laughs> and I could just unplug their controller and play by myself. Oh, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> they, they figured that one out now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they figured it out pretty quick. <laughs> it didn't take long at all. So I, 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 want, I want to go back because we kind of glossed over the and I hate I hate the term as well the digital nomad stuff. Um, so you know where where were some of your favorite places to visit? And I, I'm leading somewhere with this. So. Oh, um, I, they're all so different. Um, I I really enjoyed India. I did mm-hmm. um, a motorcycle trip across the Himalayas, and I didn't know how to drive a motorcycle, but now I do. So that was a scary, cool thing that happened. Um, I really enjoyed Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just like my first time in a country like that. It was so different. Like most of the time I've been traveling um, to places that are like somewhat familiar. Uh, you know, go to Europe or go to Mexico. There's, there, there's a lot of habits that aren't that different from home They're, the language sure. might be different but um so that was my first time going somewhere that was just like completely unique and and i really just didn't know what to do with the culture but i'll try my best mm-hmm. um yeah i really enjoyed mexico city um i i i really expected mexico city to be um well, I'd heard so many rumors that it was so dangerous. Sure. Um, but I got there and I was like, this place is fantastic. I'm, I'm sure there's lots of places that, of it that are really dangerous. It's a massive city. Yeah. Um, but I was just, it, it totally did not meet my really negative expectations. It was just like a really nice place full of people who, just being friendly and trying to do their job and there's great food everywhere and dancing and it's like a regular city. It's really nice. Gotcha. So kind of during your travels, what do you think you learned most about yourself? 
I know that's a heavy question. This is a hard <laughs> one. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I learned about myself. That's probably not good. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Not a thing. <laughs> um, about myself. I guess I I I got very confident in making decisions around what makes me specifically happy. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I, I was restless in Vancouver long before I actually left. Um, I decided to go, I've been asking anyone to go traveling with me anywhere for a long time and you know, everyone's busy and, Oh, they really want to, but Oh wait, no, they can't. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm sick of this. I got to go. Um, and that's kind of, I, I've, I've tried to stay true to that as much as I can. Uh, there's limitations here too. I think when I, when I first left, um, I was very stubbornly, I'm sick of this. I'm just going to do things for me now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, there's a limit to that too. You, I can go to Amsterdam my, by myself, but all there is to do in Amsterdam by yourself is listen to audiobooks and walk around museums. Like it's, it's a place <laughs> to go with people. Um, yeah. So I, I got, I found that line for me of what I do for myself and what I, what I do for other people. Um, sure. And I don't think I quite knew where that line was before. Um, I also learned, uh, I have, I have never once regretted going really far away to go see people for a really short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I go New Brunswick, where, the little town I'm from, it's a, it's like a seven hour flight. You definitely have to make at least one, if not two connections. And then it's another half hour drive or something to get home. Uh, so mm-hmm. it always feels like a really long trek to try mm-hmm. to go home and I sometimes I only go for the weekend or maybe a day or two. Um, and I've never regretted going. Uh, and there's been so many times that I've made the call that like, it's too far to ask me to go that far. It runs with mm-hmm. me an example, but lots of, lots of other places. Someone asks if I want to join and it just seems like it's too much travel. Um, and I, I always regret those. Like I could have just sucked it up and gone and saw my people and and slept when I could find time to sleep. Sure. Um, so I, I followed that pretty heavily, which, which puts me on a lot of airplanes, which is why we couldn't get uh, synced up for a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> Travel is tough, and it, it, it tough. makes it tough. It's always worth it, though, even if it sounds not that great. If you're gonna go see your people. Go go for an hour. So so, do you find that you like being by yourself a lot, or do you or or do you prefer to be with friends and family and stuff like that? Friends and family, for sure. I I have never needed alone time. Um, I I need. I'm going to do the thing I want to do. Time, but mm-hmm. I don't need me time um and i found like one of the things when i was traveling like i I was i went to school places or whatever but i also just spent a lot of time like because i i had nowhere to be i have 365 days to fill up that's a lot so it was really it's just as much work to go find myself an airbnb as it is to say like hey i'm gonna come stay with you guys and i'm gonna stay with you guys and um i found I, that I find like going to stay with someone is just, it's the best way to see them when you get that kind of bored time. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, like Christmas, the, it's, I don't do that much anymore, but like when we were kids, that kind of all the families around and nobody mm-hmm. knows what to do. So we'll just say like, you end up coming up with some stupid game or like who can fit <laughs> the most grapes in their mouth or <laughs> And those are the best time. And, and when that, you're, That's a very specific reference. I think you've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I never win. <laughs> what was your record? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Whatever it was, it was not as good as my brother's. 
<laughs> gotcha. So, you know, you know, with all of that traveling, what was the what was the most rewarding part of it for you? Was it was it getting to see all those different places or was it getting to meet, you know, different people along the way? Um I think I'd go back to my I think it was uh doing the thing I wanted to do. Um and realizing that I could do that. Like each sure. of the places was very cool and super I'm I had a really great time. Um but I wouldn't call that rewarding as it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um but but the rewarding part was like oh shit, this is kind of scary. Like, I'm really doing this thing where I go live out of a suitcase. Okay, no one can come with me. I'm really going to to Turkey on my own. Mm-hmm. That's, and then finding out, like, I, I can do that. Um, and and I'll be okay. And I think that's the re- that part was the rewarding part of it. Kind of pushing yourself outside your comfort zone? Yeah. Um yeah, and just like taking care of myself. This is the thing I want, and I was unhappy not doing it, and so I will do it. Mm-hmm. And um, and and it's a uh, way I live now. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of fun. So, so we're we're kind of getting close to our time, and I know you've got to travel tomorrow so i <laughs> i don't want to keep you too long so you can get uh some rest and packed and all of that fun stuff mm-hmm. um but you know what what is kind of upcoming for you what what are you looking forward to what are, what are you working on oh boy i don't know well so it's um i am excited about work um we polaris is out now and and we're um like polishing it, I guess. Like it, it mm-hmm. got because we gave ourselves a deadline. Um, we got it out, and that felt really good. Like having that moment where you hit the button and it's just out was sure. a first for me. Um, but I am really excited for round two, where it's perfect. Field testing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just like we went and we went back and we did all the things we said we were going to do to make it like meet those standards where before we had said like, it's good enough. We've got no time. Um, so that, that's really exciting to me. Um, I'm also, like I said, I just recently moved back to Vancouver. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't know what my plans are as to whether or not I'll stay here. Um, but I, I am ready to live somewhere. And so I'm kind Mm -hmm. of in the process of figuring out what that means. Um, so that's just like a big old question mark and question marks are cool. So, um, yeah, that's pretty appealing to me. Cool. I don't know what means. <laughs> cool. So wh- where can people find you online? Oh, Meg Draws. Uh, basically everything. Meg Draws on Twitter, Dribble, Instagram. I don't have a website anymore. So it used to be Squarespace. And then I got a job with a competitor. So I just let it die. you know probably not a bad idea (laughs) yeah i I think that was right one of these days we'll put one back up at the shopify store um yeah yeah twitter and instagram really are the places to find me they're both meg draws gotcha well meg thank you so much for taking the time to uh, chat with me it's always fun running into you at uh, different things I think last year I ran into you at like three separate conferences. Did you? No way. I, 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 I know for sure of two with Creative South and uh, the Montus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait to one. run into you at the next one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully it's uh, before Creative South next year. There we go. Yeah. I'm ready for a conference. Yeah, me too. I'm trying to get work to approve some. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Because I don't have the money message. <laughs> <laughs> so we end every podcast by saying, go out and hug some mechs. You've been to Creative South. You've, you know, spoke there. You've given workshops there. You kind of know what that means. Would you mind taking us out by saying that? Go out and hug some mechs. Perfect. Thanks, Meg. No problem.
find out more about Meg on Twitter at Meg Draws. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with her. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Creative SO Pod. And follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA or over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit jackprince.com and get 20% off orders over $25 when you use promo code CreateSouth17 at checkout. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CreativeSouth. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at Patreon.com slash CreativeSouth. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks.